0: well good morning good morning that was nice how are you doing oh happy father's day to all the dads my dad is a couple thousand miles away right now i think but had a good phone call with him this morning um hope you guys can enjoy the day uh and really maybe it's cliche but really uh just like mother's day man everything is just to point us to the ultimate being um who plays all those roles in our lives, man, the ultimate father that we have, and I hope that you know your love, church. Um, I discovered that that's really not as simple as, uh, as we like to make it. I, I don't think a lot of us know how to receive love, and so that's my hope for you today, is that you would uh, receive the Father's love a little bit more, and, and that's not something we do once and get, you know, that's something we continually do over and over and over again, and I was just, last night, I was struggling in my head Um, I knew I was gonna preach today and uh, I really had to just do um, some mental work with the Lord and reminding myself of truth um, and just claiming the Father's love when I felt condemned and um, and maybe the reason I say a lot of that is because the topic today uh, we're in this series battles and this topic today is kind of weird because it's kind of like the whole series in one message a little bit we've been talking about how we battle with different trials and things and today we're talking about battling sin. Uh, so that kind of involves every, everything we've talked about in one way or another. And uh, to illustrate, go to Romans 7, actually. We'll, we'll, get, into, we'll get into the scripture because that's, that's what we need to hear from today, church. We need to hear from the word of God. Um, Romans 7. I would love, I, for a minute there, I thought about reading Romans 6, 7, and 8. Uh, Today, but I just I don't think we're gonna do that. We're just gonna we're just gonna stay in Romans seven a little bit, and I'll refer to the other chapters. But I really would encourage you today, church. If if you start to get lost in the message, just zone out. Just start reading Romans six, seven, and eight, and and that that'll be enough. That'll be enough. uh, If I start to lose you, because we're gonna get into some some stuff today, man. And uh, when it comes to battle and sin, I wanna I wanna show you guys a movie clip, okay? And and i don't know some of you maybe feel like nah we shouldn't you know be watching movies in church but it's just a short clip and i think it powerfully illustrates this battle of sin and so you don't really need context you don't really need to see have seen the movie it's pretty self-explanatory and it may be cheesy but just just hang with me guys uh it's from i think the third movie in the hobbit series uh i am me and nick are lord of the rings nerds for sure um Uh, But I think there's something so descriptive and this visual is so powerful. And so these dwarves are trying to reclaim their homeland, the Lonely Mountain. And the problem is there's a giant, powerful dragon that's living in their home, right? It's sleeping there. They end up waking it up, trying to battle the thing. And this dragon's name is Smaug, right? And in his fury and rage, he leaves the Lonely Mountain and he goes down to this basically defenseless village called Lake Town. It's literally like a city suspended on the water. And he's heading down the Lily Mountain to just take out his rage and fury on this village. And so I want us, you guys can get the lights. I want us to watch that real quick. so it's was pretty intense pretty dramatic uh and maybe it's a little over the top and cheesy like I said but if I'm honest man when it comes to this thing of battling sin that's what my life has felt like that that's that there's been seasons in my life where that is almost how I would describe the battle with sin was it much of a battle It was more like an just utter destruction just utter desolation, right? And, and then there's this hero, Bard is his name. He's got his bow. He's got his arrow. And he gets up to the tower. Oh, he's gonna do something. He gets up there and he just surveys. And the landscape is just fire. The city's like basically already gone, right? And he's gonna do something about this, right? So he starts firing his arrows at this thing. Maybe this one, maybe this one. And it doesn't even touch it. It's like they just bounce off. Does Smaug even feel anything right he's down to his last arrow right his last ditch effort this is it everything lake towns you know whatever's left of it relies on bard taking down this beast and nothing and i feel and i empathize with those of you who who are in the fight with sin and this is what it feels like but i am probably more concerned about those of you who aren't even aware there's a dragon who are just asleep in one of the burning houses and every once in a while you'll hear some kind of roar and you'll wake up and you're like, maybe I should do something. Nah, and you just kind of fall back asleep and you're not engaged in battling sin. The dragon just comes and does whatever it wants in your life and some of you feel so defeated right even though you're trying to battle sin you just feel like what am i supposed to do anytime the dragon wants he can just come down the mountain and burn my town again i can repair it i can get back up i have a string of few good days as i'm battling sin whatever it is we're not just talking like super ugly sins or addictions we're talking about the things that we're not even aware of often right a little bit of gossip a little bit of self-dependence nobody thinks wakes up and says man i've really convicted i've had self-dependence lately that's sin that's sin and so um What's next? Am I going to read scripture? Yeah, let's read. Let's read scripture, church. If you can stand, if you're physically able. Oh, Lord. Thank you for Romans 7. This is Paul. We're going to start in verse 14 and read through the end of the chapter. He says this. And I, if you have your Bibles, just leave them open today, man, because I want to refer back to this again and again. We know that the law is spiritual, but I, I'm carnal. I'm sold under sin. For what I am doing, I do not understand. For I do not practice what I will to do, what I want to do. But I do the very thing I hate. But if I practice what I do not want to do, I agree with the law that it is good. Okay, hang with me here. Paul's saying, okay, by the very reality that I am disagreeing with the wrong things I'm doing, I don't like the wrong things I'm doing. By that very reality, my mind confesses that, okay, I I think the law is good because what I'm doing is I think it's bad, right? You see that? He says, okay, if I'm doing what I don't wanna do, I agree with the law that it is good. Verse 17, so now it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwells no good thing for the will to do what is right is present with me but how to perform what is good i don't find it it's not there it doesn't it doesn't show up 19 for the good i desire to do i do not do but the evil i do not want is what i do now if i do what i do not want it is no longer i who does it but sin that lives in me just basically restated what he already said right verse 21 i find then a law That when I desire to do good, evil is there to meet me. Evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God according to the inner man. I love the law of God. I think it's a good thing. But I see another law. In my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity into the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from the body of this death? thank God, there's 25, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind, I serve the, no, I serve the law of God, but with my flesh, the law of sin, oh man, I can't wait to unpack this church, this is so good, this is so good, and this is not like a month of study, this is like years of coming to this passage again and again, and saying, Paul, I have no clue what you're saying here like this doesn't make any sense okay so hopefully if that's you today hopefully this we can make some sense of this let's pray Uh, actually this is the theme and then we pray i always get out of order see i never stick with my notes guys i'm sorry this is our theme kind of moving into everything to effectively battle sin church we must understand our enemy understand ourselves and then believe in the savior god We just want to acknowledge your presence lord we want to acknowledge your holiness and lord we just want to thank you that you don't come this morning with condemnation you don't come to beat us up to guilt us into servitude lord your love is here to meet us and oh may we receive it today lord father would you sweep through this place as you desire god that we would just look and we would just say, man, Jesus is everything. I just want Jesus. And Lord, though we're gonna talk about sin today, I pray we talk about Jesus. I pray that talking about sin would lead us to Jesus because that's the gospel, Lord. We see the ugliness and the badness of our sin and it leads us right to you, our savior. Father, speak what I cannot. Let your word not return void. Let it go forth in power today and transform lives. Oh, would you lift the scales, Lord, for us to see the sin that we're blind to in our lives. We love you, Jesus, we love you, only because we receive your love first. Amen, amen. Go ahead, be seated, church. Okay, let's understand the enemy. First, understanding the enemy, okay? Um, Now, you need to notice what Paul's not talking about here. There's no mention of Satan. There's no mention of demons. And I wanna be careful because I do not want to negate the work of spiritual darkness and powers and Satan, our very real enemy and demonic. All, that's so real, church. And so I do not want to, I don't wanna negate or belittle that at all today. But we need to understand the enemy that Paul is talking about today, okay? It's separate. He doesn't mention them anywhere here. The enemy we're talking about today is, is sin, is sin. And sin is not simply the things that we do, church. We, we've talked about this, right? But literally, the language that Paul uses here, he says sin is something that is within you. Literally, it lives in you. And it causes you then to do sins, to miss the mark, right? To be selfish, to say that, to do this, to take part in that, right? So first thing we need to know about sin is that it's serious. Sin is serious, it's not cute. Paul says over and over again throughout Romans, sin leads to death. Whatever sin it is, whatever sin we struggle with. And church, John says, right? He who says, I'm gonna butcher this, I should have memorized this, right? Um, He who says he has no sin is a liar, you're deceived. We all have sin in here, church. We all have sin in here, right? And we need to understand that that sin is serious. Sin called for the very, the death of the very son of God. That was the only remedy, the death of Jesus. Does it get any more serious? Is there any higher cost? It was either all of humanity separated from God in hell or the blood of Jesus. The stakes are pretty high. So, so we need to feel a little bit of that heaviness of our sin is serious. And some of you are like, wow, like you're thinking of sin this week, right? You're thinking of sins you did this week. And some of you are just like, uh, yeah, sin's serious. And so hopefully the Lord can kind of awaken our eyes a little bit to see either just his love that he's holding you right now, it's okay, right? Or awaken you to understand, okay, maybe there's some things I need to think about. Lord, search me, what's going on? Where is there sin in my life that I'm not seeing? Charles Spurgeon says it like this, but we arrive at a more adequate idea of the magnitude of sin by the greatness of the remedy provided. It is the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only and well-beloved son, God's son. And, And that's part of communion. That's part of meditating on the gospel church is meditating on the reality of what was I saved from? Sin is serious and we need to take it serious as a church. The next thing we need to know about sin, okay? Sin is serious, but sin is an entity. Sin is an entity, okay? Again, what we just said, it's not just something you do, it's something that lives in you. And this is a little, this maybe sounds new, but it's not new at all, church, and we're going to see why. Um, Just in chapter 7 alone, look how Paul describes sin. It is almost as this creature, as weird as that is, it's almost kind of this, it's given kind of a, like a a living status. Um, He says this, verse 8 of chapter 7, sin takes opportunity through the commandment and produces something. Verse 11, sin takes opportunity and deceives me and kills me. Verse 13, sin works death in me. Verse 20, literally, sin lives in me. Sin lives in me. Verse 23, sin brings me into captivity to its own law. This is just in Romans 7. This is how Paul is describing this enemy church. Now, this is crazy. When you go back... I mean, let's go back to the beginning, right? It's not just Paul. In Genesis chapter four, you you don't get back much further, right? Sin just entered the world, and God is talking to Cain. And Cain's all bent out of shape because God honored Abel's offering, but not his. And so God addresses Cain, and he says this in Genesis four, verse seven. If you do well, shall you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door? it desires what to dominate you but you must rule over it literally and i went back because i I, i've seen this verse many times right and i wondered okay sin is crouching at the door what does that mean am i missing something there because normally the way we understand it is that crouching it's almost like this animal right getting ready to pounce on its prey so i just wanted to make sure okay do i really understand that right or is that just kind of how my modern mind takes it and when you go back and you look at it that's what it means sin is crouching at the door he says cain sin is waiting sin is there and it desires that's trippy it desires something for you sin wants to dominate you wants to be your master and he tells Cain this what a joke right you must rule over it and when we look through the wreckage and the absolute carnage of our history of, of of humanity was there anyone is there anyone in here Who is so mighty to say that you have ruled over sin not the mightiest king no one in history but one amen Amen? yeah that's right jesus jesus church he dominated he ruled over sin sin was not his master so we have to understand that idea that okay sin is an entity that lives within you next thing okay sin is serious sin is an entity And oftentimes, we do not see sin as a problem. Sin comes to us as a solution. Sin is a solution. Sin is a solution to the problem of our hurt, our pain, our trauma, the cravings of our desires. Sin meets us almost like a drug dealer. This is a very, I found this to be a very good illustration. And so often we're not aware of it, right? But when we're we're in a moment, right? Someone, someone cut you off. Someone offended you. Someone said something that hurt you, right? Sin is there to help you, very quickly, right there. We keep him close. We got access, right? He's like, look, what do you need? I got some choice words, a bad attitude. I got some bitterness. Real quick, real quick, we can do this, right? And we buy it like nothing. We're not even aware of how fast the transaction goes down. Not even aware of it, right? Are, are you feeling the pull of your sexual urges, right? Sexual desire and lust, right? Sin's like, I got you. I got like, I got you. I got a lot of things for you, right? I got this app, I got this website, I got this video, I got this, you know, whatever it is, right? Sin is there to remedy the pain you're feeling, the hurt, the wounds, right? Some of this is, is childhood trauma that is so deep, right? that we're, we're just so used to buying sin's drugs to remedy, our vices, right, whatever it is. It doesn't even have to be bad things, right? Sin will sell you good things as long as you're not going to Jesus. That's good. That's good. Sin doesn't need to destroy your life, church. It just needs to keep you from Jesus. Don't go to Jesus. I'll keep you here. TV, I'll, religion, oh, I'm about to preach up in here, right? I'll, I'll sell you religion, and some of you, some of you just buy religion all your life. Oh man, I didn't even plan that, praise the Lord. That's good right there, that's a word. That's a word right there. Some of you need to hear that, someone in here, right? And sin, church, sin is subtly working in the background of our life, right? It's, it's we're, we're not even aware so many times. And so what I want us to begin to do as we kind of move on from this, is to start becoming aware of the voice of sin. That's what temptation is. It's the call. It's the voice, and it has many dialects, right? Many accents. Lust, right? Self pity, pride, guilt, shame, fear. Oh, I could talk all day about the voice of, of sin's voice of fear in our lives, and you know it a lot of times by the by the phrase "or else," right? Oh man, you better do this, or else you're going to miss out. Or else they're going to think that. Or else this is going to happen. You better not do that, or else right or else and sin will just feed that to us all day right that fear learn to identify the voice of sin so we can slow down that transaction a little bit we can slow down sin the drug dealer's over there now he's not he's not right here so it takes me a minute right i'm gonna sit in the pain i'm gonna sit in the hurt a little bit someone wounded me i'm ready i'm ready i'm ready to come after them right i'm ready to go at them i'm ready to tell that driver what i think right and I just slow down, and I'm just like, okay, I'm in pain right now for some reason. We don't think like that, but that's what it is. It's this pain. I need to relieve it. And sin, the, he's like, yo, I can help you relieve this pain. If you just say that, if you just do that, if you just, make, if you just manipulate circumstances to make these people think that, this will be relieved, and you can feel good about yourself, and you can feel good. Church, we got to learn to slow that down. And submit our thoughts and actions to the holy spirit's analysis because not what i'm not telling us to do is overthink every thought and action in here right oh was that sin did i do that right. i've done that that's a, that's just a road to destruction and sin will just sit back and laugh at you he don't even sell sell you nothing right at that from at that point you're just a schizophrenic crazy you're, he's just like yo i don't need to deal with you you know like you've got yourself taken care of so that's not what i'm saying but what we need to do is go to the holy spirit and say just like david i feel like i i bring this verse every time i preach right psalm 139 Oh! Search me! Search me! God, get up in here! What's going on? I'm feeling this. I'm hurt. I'm wounded. I I don't know. I just, I want to do this. I want to say this, right? I want to react like this, you know? And we just say, search me, oh God. Know my heart. Try me. Know my thoughts. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me. Lead me in the everlasting way, in the ancient way, in that true way, in a better way leave me away from this drug dealer lord so we got to understand the enemy church and next you got to understand ourselves you with me you better be because this is rough right here this I mean think about all the ways that we try to break down human psychology and understand ourselves I'm 25 I have, I do not have the understanding to be able to give you a, a fully comprehensive understanding of this is how we work as humans, right? And anyone who tries to sell you this airtight idea of like, oh, if you take this personality test, if you know your Enneagram, if you have this or whatever it is, right? You'll understand. Those are great. Those are helpful tools, I think. But there's not an airtight system to perfectly understanding the human psyche. And so that's not what I'm trying to do today. And when I break this down, this Romans 7, right? I, if there's, you're gonna find holes in it, and that's okay. But over the years, what I've learned is that it, it is, there's, Paul gives us a helpful understanding of how we work as humans in Romans 7, and I kind of want to break that down. And so I want to read um, Romans uh, verse 18 through 20 here real quick. Let's just go back to that, if you have your Bibles. Paul says this, okay? For I know that in me, okay, he's talking about himself, he says, okay, in me. That is in my flesh. Okay, so is the flesh me? Is it part of me? Dwells no good thing. For the will to do what is right is present with me. Okay, there's no good thing in my flesh, but there's a will to do good. So where is that? But how to perform what is good I do not find. For the good I desire to do I do not, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I. Who does it but sin that lives in me and i just i i I wish i could read it all again right because he's talking about this inner man he's talking about the flesh he's talking about sin he's talking about all these different pieces and i'm just like what and i think a lot of times we use these in in, we use these terms synonymously right it's the flesh it's sin my new nature my old nature Uh, he, he talks about that in romans 6 right this thing of nature so what is all this how does it fit together so I wanna break this down, I have a screen here and hopefully this is gonna help us. So we're gonna talk about two versions of ourselves, right? Before salvation and after salvation, all right? I'm gonna break down some pieces that I see make us make up who we are, okay? This is spiritually now, okay? So first, um, I wanna talk about the flesh first, but let's kinda of just go over these. We've already talked about sin. So the mind that he refers to, right? Yeah, that's this sense of self. That's where I believe, when I look in scripture, that's where I believe the nature lies. I don't wanna say they're, they're the same thing, they're one in the, the mind is the nature, I don't but they're, they're connected somehow, okay? That's where the nature lies. And before salvation, we have the old nature. And the old nature, the nature period, it cannot rule. It is not designed to be a master. But in a sense, it can choose who sits on the throne, right? It can choose, you can sit on the throne, right? But, but it, it can't rule. It can't rule and so when we are before salvation when we're in the old nature the only person available for the throne position is the flesh now let's talk about the flesh the problem with the flesh church is that it's corrupted by sin i don't even know if i want to say that the flesh itself is inherently evil right it's just broken it's corrupted um i would describe it a couple ways okay we're talking about the flesh you with me Okay, good i like i like the nodding heads even if just even if you're lying to me it's you know (laughs) makes me feel good okay i would describe the flesh kind of like a two-year-old okay now children are precious and and a gift from god and so i'm not saying you know please don't take that you know children are bad no but a two-year-old they just they just don't have a lot of control over desires if they want they must have if they hurt they cry right and everybody knows it there's no awareness of you know political correctness or you know the public behavior of how i should act it's like i feel something i respond that's a little bit like the flesh and and some of you you feel more in control of your life because your flesh is just easier to manipulate are you are you hearing this people can live good lives right because they're able to manipulate their flesh some of our flesh right it leads us to drugs it leads us to all this destructive stuff that's so obvious right It's so obvious how we destroy our lives, but some of you are very successful. Some of you have been very successful, you're good with people, all this stuff, right? And so you think, oh, I must have this together. But spiritually, no. You're just able to manipulate the flesh because the thing with the flesh is is it cannot please God. He says that in Romans 8. The flesh cannot please God. There's no hope for the flesh, church. We need to understand that that broken piece of us, there's no hope for the flesh. It's not coming back. It's only death. Paul calls the flesh the body of this death. That's what that's what dies, right? It's it's part of our body, right? Because flesh is used in many ways, okay? Flesh is like referred to humanity. Jesus had, he was in the flesh, right? But the way Paul's using it here, the flesh is used in a different way. It's in a negative sense, okay? So it's not one in the same with my body, but it does involve my body. Again, this isn't super easy to understand, right? And it, we don't need to have a full understanding. We just need to kind of understand a little bit of these pieces because this is going to help us battle sin. That's what we're talking about, okay? You with me? I'm just going to keep asking. I'm just like, because I feel like I'm about to derail and I just, I don't want to derail. I want to stay on here, okay? Because this is, this is, this stuff is hard for me to understand, but it, it really helps me in this, in this battle with sin and engaging and understanding myself and what's going on, right? And helping me understand my responses and everything, Okay. So the flesh, maybe I talked enough about the flesh. Um, I wanna describe it another way. The flesh is like, have you seen the movie, the alien movies? Uh, Okay, this is gruesome. So I'm gonna try to 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 describe this in the least graphic way possible. They're disturbing movies, right? And these aliens, right? These these vicious creatures, I think they spit acid or something too, right? What happens is a human will have an encounter with one of these aliens and the alien will plant its seed within like the chest of a human and the the person is unconscious right when they come awake they, they don't know anything has happened to them right they don't they don't know what's happened to them and so everything seems normal but they don't know that there's a creature growing inside of them right and what happens is that that human is basically as good as dead if you seen the movie because what happens is when that alien grows to maturity it's going to break out I'm going to say that, that's, that's the least graphical way I can say that, right? It, if you see the movies, it's, it's, it's not a pretty sight, right? Now, that's graphic and gruesome, but that is almost, that's a good description of what's going on here. Because the flesh is just going to die. Sin is going to take the flesh to the grave. It's not letting go. So we need something else. We need something other than the flesh and when we're we're in the old nature before salvation right the flesh is the only one who can be on the throne the old nature is kind of just the slave to the flesh and the desires and the cravings but who's the flesh is slave to sin so who's really on the throne sin and it doesn't need to let you know that remember sin kind of stays in the shadows and does its thing right it's like no flesh is on the throne you got it you're in control right you're good no sin's behind the strings behind the scenes pulling the strings All day long so let's talk about the mind okay and we're we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to the good news here we're gonna get to the good news that's us before christ sin is in control we're slaves to sin when you meet jesus when you are born again when you put your faith in christ something happens church you paul says in romans 6 knowing this that our old man our old nature That old mind, that old way of thinking, that old self, right? All of that is gone, dead. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with Christ. It was ugly, right? It went down with Jesus. It went down in the grave, and it's not getting back up, but something does, right? That you may walk in newness of life. I think I just meshed two verses together there, right? Now I have a new nature. There is a new self, a new mind. I am risen with Christ and a fourth man is introduced onto the scene. The Holy Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Yeah, that's worth rejoicing in, church, because that's the reality now. The Holy Spirit is within you. But this is the mind-boggling thing, is that the Holy Spirit allows sin to stay. The Holy Spirit does not remove the enemy. Why? (laughs) Right? Do you, that's what we're waiting for, church. Amen. That is the glorious future that awaits when this flesh dies, right? Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians, the corrupted man, the corruptible man, right? This corruptible body, he calls it, is gonna be done away and will be raised with a new body that is not susceptible to sin, there's no sin. But while we're on this earth, we are called to glorify God by choosing now, because we can. There's another one available for the position. Now we get to choose who's on the throne, and God allows sin to stay, so that we can learn to choose Him. We can learn to choose God, choose God over and over again, church. And this is where we get to the good news, okay? Because that's now we're now we're talking about the battle happening. Because before there's no battle. You're ruled. You're a servant. You're a slave. But now there's a new man that we're submitted to, okay? But the flesh, sin, it's still there. it's Still there. The old nature that didn't have any choice but to put flesh on, that's what's dead, that's what's new. Now this nature has a choice to put someone else on the throne. And this new nature, this new mind, this new self wants Jesus. Paul says, I desire what is good. I want it. I want the law of God. I want him in charge. But man, there is something else in me. The body of this death, oh wretched man that I am, who will save me? Jesus, Jesus is in me. So, so this is what we're talking about, church, how? How? It all comes down to this, right? How do you put the Holy Spirit on the throne of your life? What does that even mean, right? This is this idea of walking in the Spirit, living by the Spirit, right? All these terms that Paul and the other apostles write about, this, this is what it means, right? How do we practically do that? And, and this is where we're gonna start to get into the good news here, church we understand the enemy, we understand a little bit of ourselves, hopefully. Now the answer is to believe in the savior. And for some of you, a lot of you, you're just like, okay, I was really hoping for something more profound. (laughs) Right? I mean, we're talking about sin. We're talking about like addictions and struggles and our world being torn apart, our families torn apart. Like this is not a church topic. This is a life topic. This is all of us, church. And people who don't know Jesus, they still live in the experience and the, the, they see sin everywhere, right? But do you realize that's, how, that we, that's what we miss? We miss how profound, can we go to the other, the other screen, Dimitri? It's just so epic, it needs to be up there. Believe in the Savior. We need to understand how profound this really is. Because this is not a, I came to Jesus, I believe in the Savior. Sorry, guys, I need to, sorry. Welcome, people online. I never welcome you. You are welcome here today. <laughs> Praise the Lord. We don't understand how profound this is, church. Because this is the daily walk of a Christian. How do we live? We don't live by sight, we live by faith. You have faith as the key to all of this? Says, Lord, do, do you believe the Holy Spirit is in you first? Do you believe that? You don't even need to answer, just in your own heart, in your own mind. Do, do you, do I believe that? Do you believe the promises of Scripture that you have everything you need for life and godliness? That the Lord is your shepherd, you will not want, that you are complete in Christ? that His grace is sufficient for you, that He will never leave you or forsake you, that you are loved by the Father. Do you believe? This is scripture. There's power in the word of God because that's what it declares. It declares, this is what is true now. Are you gonna believe, and this is not to condemn anyone saying you don't have enough faith. No, 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 you have enough faith. What are you doing with your faith? Are you believing in the power of sin? Oh, It's just, it's, it, this, my experience says it's always beating me. It's going to keep beating me. I can't do this. I can't overcome this. Well, God is in you. So get up. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Take the flesh off the throne. You say, no, I'm not going to be afraid. I don't need people to think something of me. No, my sexual urges don't control me. I don't need to respond like this. I don't need to be this or, or feel this or have this. I have Jesus. And so I am going to sit in the pain because he's good enough. That's believing. That's believing every day. Every day. I get up. Hunter, do you really believe Jesus is enough right now? Or are you putting together a plan for things that are gonna bring you happiness today? I mean, we don't even notice this church, so we, can we begin to become aware? Can we begin to address these things in our lives and say, am I believing in the Savior? And we're, we're, we're wrapping this up, we're almost done. I wanna, let's get the lights again, guys, and I wanna, I wanna finish, I wanna finish this is so good. I, it's cheesy me, but this is so good. Who are you? Who are you that would stand against me? Now that is a pity. What will you do now? Bowman, you are forsaken. No help will come. Is that your child? You cannot save him from the fire. He will burn. Stay still, sir. Stay still. Tell me... Run. The producers, the director, they, didn't, they weren't thinking of this, right? <laughs> but my gosh, like even his taunts, right? What will you do now? You're forsaken. And then he threatens his child, right? Has sin threatened anybody's family in here? Oh, it's threatened mine. It's done some damage. It's done some damage in my life. Set a few things on fire, burned a few houses down right and he even uses Paul's word wretch right what now wretch you have nothing left but your death and Paul says yeah kinda but that's that's not me that's gonna die I'm gonna get a new body sure and you see the father's face right he's fearful he's afraid the child is terrified right his son and then he puts together this makeshift whatever thing, you know. He's going to fling this arrow at this dragon. And then he sees the dragon's taunting him. And then he sees that weak spot in the father's face. Just, just confidence. Just assurance. Says, stand still, son. Be still. Someone needs to hear that today. And <laughs> here's this dragon roaring right behind. Just, yes, I'm going to kill you right now. And that son's like, what? And he's like, no, 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 son. Look at me. You look at me. But God, there's a dragon. There's a dragon behind me. They're going to think this of me, right? I need to be this. I need my family to look like this. I need my life to be. I need to become this. I need to achieve this. I need to get this. I need to feel this right, this addiction, I, I this, this sin in my life, I can't, I can't overcome it, God, and he says, no, look at me, would you look at your father today, would you look, that's what it means, church, it means, no, I'm going to believe, sin is telling me I'm forsaken, sin is telling me, you know, my life doesn't matter, whatever it is, church, oh, I, could, I wish I could just go into all the examples, but I mean, sin's pervasive, it says everything but the truth of God. So I wish I could parse out every example today, but man, may the Holy Spirit apply it to your life. You know where you struggle, or you need to become aware of where you struggle, church, and would you look at that sure, confident, loving face of your Father that says, I am enough, I'm here. I'm here, wait a little bit, sit a little bit, I'm gonna come through. And church, I will wrestle with God. My my flesh isn't one of those well-behaved fleshes, man. It's like, when it screams at me, I'm just like weak. And I'm just like, it's it's hard to function, right? Whether it's like some depression or, or some just like anger or whatever it is. Like, I'm just like, I'm struggling to like be normal human, right? because I feel this alien in me trying to, like, you know. No, but that, that's no match for the Spirit of God. So again and again, every day, church, we choose. Say, Lord, you get the throne. And That flesh is going to try to crawl up. And the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. He's not going to force his way on the throne. He's going to say, uh, do you want this? He's kind of crawling up here. Do you want me to get off? Okay, okay I'm, I'm going to get off, you know. Not in this sarcastic, weird way, where he just says, no, you've got to choose me. You've got to believe, and you have the faith, church, because you use it every day, whether you realize it or not. Whatever amount of faith you feel you have, we're going to put all that in Jesus. So this is our takeaway, and we're done, and I know I kind of lied because I said that. Identify sin's voice in your life and surrender to the voice of the Spirit. That's how you battle sin. And maybe this feels oversimplified and doesn't cover what you struggle with, but church, I just, this is the truth of the word of God. Would you just go this week? Would you just soak? I enjoyed, man, I enjoyed just soaking in Romans 6, Romans 7, Romans L, Romans 8. Just the love of God, nothing's gonna separate you. You're adopted, just reassuring, no, 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 I've got you, I'm enough for you. Identify the voice of sin in your life. What is it saying to you, church? And then say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is what sin is saying to me. It's telling me I'm not enough. It's telling me I need to show something. I need to be something. I need to have people think something of me for me to be enough. And I just, I don't feel like you're enough, but I'm going to believe that. It's a choice. would you choose, church? Father, God, I hope you bring some clarity through the mess of my words. Lord, I just thank you that it's you And we don't have to achieve something. We don't have to do something. We don't have to like you know figure out the secret code. It's just, it's just getting with you and saying, Lord, I I want to believe in you. And just, I know there's some in here who are just like that. Um, I don't know if it was uh, Lord, yeah, the 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 father of that demon possessed boy in Mark, who is just like God. I believe, but but help my unbelief. Help me believe you're enough. Help me believe that I can sit in the pain. I don't want to feel this. I want to feel good. I want to be relieved. And and God, some of these sins are so deep and and they're nothing to you, God, but you are patient and you take your time in healing us, Lord. And oh God, may we we just hold to the hope, the assuredness that God, we have a hope that's not gonna fade away. We have a hope that, that no matter how hard it is in this life, when we die, Lord, Sin will be no more. We'll have those new bodies and we will be free. We just love you, Jesus, and we pray these things in your name. Amen.